Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. see how this works this headset it's brand you know we're trying to stand out you can stand with me this morning we're glad that you're here today man it's already been a good day in the presence of the Lord this morning I love gathering together and doing that's probably my favorite thing to do is to be at Summit Church and worshiping with you um, man I'm just thankful for the heart of our church uh, just talking about I Heart Canyon and all the things we do leading into the school year you know, it's not missed on us. We are very thankful, just as Pastor Scotty said, um, for the outreach that we do. Tons of teachers coming by and just thanking us and grabbing, you know, 35 bags of checks mix for the year to put in their rooms. And so, man, I'm very thankful for today. We're going to be talking about remaining in God's rhythm, remaining in God's rhythm. So God is a God of rhythm. You know, I'm, I'm very versed in music and love music. How many of y'all have a favorite song in here that when it plays, your foot just starts tapping, right? You can't help but just dive right into it. God has a rhythm and a cadence that he wants us to walk in. And there's a theological term called perichoresis that talks about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit being in union, mutual indwelling together. And God wants us to be caught up in that swirl of love today. And I pray today that you lean into that. That you don't live your faith vicariously through a pastor or through maybe somebody in front of you that worships really well during worship time. But you meet God face to face for yourself. That's what he longs to have with you. And so today I pray that you do that. That you get caught in this circle dance of love today with the Lord. And walk step and step in rhythm with him. Our opening text is going to be John 15, uh, verses 9 through 17. And this is going to be where we hang our hat all day today. It'll go up on the screen. If you would pull the piano down a little bit, I want to start singing because uh, I hear it so prominently. Um, but this is what it said. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. If you keep my commands... You'll remain intimately at home in my love. That's what I've done, kept my Father's commands and made myself at home in his love. This is Jesus talking. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, in your joy wholly mature. This is my command, love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears, whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your presence this morning. Just as Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them 
that are bruised. God, let your spirit anoint this service today. Let it not be just something that goes in one ear and out the other. Nothing, nothing that just stimulates our thinking or good principles, but revelation that changes us forever today. We love you in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Oh, I'm cutting in and out. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Awesome. You can be seated. Awesome. Well, hey, we're glad that you're here today. It's going to be an awesome time in his presence this morning, talking about remaining in God's rhythm, remaining step in step with him. And today, John 15 is where we're going to be at today. And, uh, you know, God is a God of rhythm. When you look at your life, when you look at even just the, the makeup of your body, when you go to the doctor, they check your heart rate. You literally function on beats per minute. Now, when we're up here on the stage and we're leading you in song to the Lord, we have our songs and they function by BPM as well. And if the BPM is not right, the song will sound wrong. When you go into the doctor, they check that to make sure that you're healthy and that you're doing good. And so today, we're going to talk about God is a God of rhythm. He, everything He does has a cadence. We wake up and the sun is up and then at night we rest because God has rhythm. Everything that He does is a rhythm. The very uh, way He relates to Himself through Father, Son, and Spirit is about rhythm. Perry Caris's Father, Son, and Spirit, a mutual indwelling. You could look at it like the infinity sign moving in and out of one another. And God wants to invite you and me into that dance today. How many of y'all like to dance? Y'all like to dance? Me and my wife dance every once in a blue moon. And uh, when we got married, we were going to two-step for the first time, right? We were going to two-step for the first time. We were going to dance to your mind by Richie Valens. I love Richie Valens of the movie La Bamba. Half my family is Hispanic. And so, man, you know, we just rock stuff like that all the time growing up. And so I told Taylor, I was like, can you dance? Do you know how to dance? And she's like, no, I really don't know how to two-step. So we practiced a bunch because we would walk all over each other's toes. And the last thing I want to do on our wedding day is break Taylor's toe because we weren't dancing right. And so we got in rhythm and in step, and then we, we go to our wedding day, and it's something that was just beautiful. We just walk step and step together. And God wants to dance with you in your life. Step by step, you know the church is called his bride. That the language that he uses when he talks about you and me is a romantic bride. Now, when we have this frame of thinking, because I know how I thought before I really had a real revelation of how God sees me, I saw it as my sense of duty to follow the Lord. It's my duty to follow God. And I'm telling you today, you need to rid yourself of all that thinking. It's not duty. It's not obligation. It's because he loved me that I can love him. Without that love coming and meeting me where I was at in the midst of my despair and dysfunction, I wouldn't even have the capacity to love him back. And I know we live in, you know, West Texas. And, man, I'm telling you, I grew up, my dad's here today. He put me through a lot of different jobs growing up. I remember hoeing cotton growing up and roofing houses and doing different things like that, working on cars. And we were people that worked hard. And if you're not careful, that work hard attitude will be carried over into your relationship with the Lord. And you'll follow him based on a religious set of values rather than a relationship. Rather than walking and being face to face with God Almighty. That's what he longs to do with you today. 
He longs to be face to face. And I want you to, to just take stock in your mind right now. When worship starts up, when you come in on a Sunday morning, what is your frame of mind? Is it, am I getting in rhythm with the way God speaks? Am I getting in rhythm with what he does? Or am I waiting to see how the worship team does? Or maybe the person in front of me, how they're worshiping to dictate to me how I should worship God. Let me tell you something. If you remember how far he brought you out of the pit, you will never lack in passion and worshiping him. You will never lack in wanting to seek his face. You'll never lack in wanting to do what he's called you to do. And even that language I just said, do what he's called you to do. I don't even like that language. We're called to be who he's called us to be. We're not human doings. We're human beings. The very makeup of our lives is not supposed to be something that we do. And brother, I'm just going to do it because the Lord said. No. If we're in a relationship with the Lord, I don't, I don't love Taylor out of duty or obligation. If that's how marriage was, I never would have got married. It's because I love her. And out of that love, I'll do anything for her. I'll do absolutely anything. When I'm really focused and she texts me out of the blue, hey, will you go to Sonic and get me a Diet Dr. Pepper Easy Ice, 44 ounce, please? That love just wells up and I say, yeah, babe, you bet. It would be my joy to take the next three minutes and do that. But it's out of this love connection with God that all my passion all that I'm doing flows out of it. And today, God wants you to remain in Him. The Greek word is, is proshukani, and God wants us to be in this pros, the, the root word of that is pros, which is face-to-face -face with Him. When we talk about praying without ceasing, the word picture there is being face-to-face -face with God at all times. At all times, I'm right there. And we talk about the Holy Spirit talking in us in a whisper at times. He talks to us in a whisper. You can't hear a whisper unless you're really, really, really close to somebody. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me in my life, he, he spoke to me in the middle of the staff meeting uh, a few days ago, and he said, Connor, the next 16 days in you and Taylor's life are going to be very significant. And what, what happened in that moment, I was very still. I was quiet. I got my breathing under control. I didn't come to God with a big list and this is what I want you to do. No, I came before him like a son. I came before him like his bride. And I just said, speak to me. I slowed myself down. I got into a place of interior rest and I listened to him. We don't know how to rest. We don't know how to sit with the Lord until we hear his voice. We move on to the next thing and the next thing. Because if I'm not doing that, then I'm not getting things done. I'm not pushing the ball forward. Well, if I don't do it, who is going to do it? God's going to do it. God's going to make up the ground. Well, you mean, so we're supposed to be slothful and lazy? No. No. Sloth is sin. That's one of the seven deadly sins that God talks about. Being slothful. Being lazy. But I am saying resting in what Jesus has already accomplished on the cross and stop trying to do his job. Because when you get into this place of trying to do what Jesus already did, you are literally conflicting with God himself. And he's trying to get you to move out of the way. 
In, instead of praying for your kids without faith because you're trying to put your hands in the middle of everything, rest assured that before the foundation of the world, God's plans were already established. And it's His plan that your kids walk in a relationship with Him. It's His idea that they're free, that they're set free, delivered, made whole for your life. That's God's plan for you. Now, whether you step into that, it'll be whether or not you get restful on the inside and abide in Him. So today, we're going to get into this text in John 15. And the first point is remaining in God's love. Remaining in God's love. John 15, 9 through 10 says this. I've loved you the way my Father has loved me. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. The very same love without any diminishing that God the Father has loved Jesus, he gives that very same love to us. Equal in measure. We can only respond in love back to him because he first loved us. Yes, the God we revere. Yes, the God we grew up talking about, you know, being fearful of. And man, I'm telling you, I'm so thankful this next generation is not going to have to deal with all the religious baggage that you and I have had to deal with. Throwing off shame and feeling like we can work hard enough to earn God's love. While you were a sinner, he loved you. Before you did a thing for him, he already set up in his mind that I love you. This is what the Bible says. And if we don't let this penetrate our heart and our minds, we're going to try hard, do more. It's in my works. No, all of that has to leave. All of that has to stray. And we have to say, because of his love, everything comes out of that. If there is an issue in proximity or closeness to God in your life at this moment, it has nothing to do with how he feels for you. But it's a choice whether we're going to draw near to him or remain at a distance. God wants to be face to face. Ask yourself this question. How has your self-effort of you trying to pull yourself out of the pit of apathy and dysfunction been going? How well has that worked? How has keeping things in the dark fared for you? We used to go mudding a lot back in Matador, Texas. Uh, you know, we had about 600 people. There wasn't a whole lot to do. You either go get a burrito at Allsup's, which we call dog legs. There's no telling what meat's in there. Um, or, you know, we were out hunting or mudding. If it happened to rain, we'd go get in somebody's vehicle and we'd go out and go mudding. Well, if you go mudding and you get stuck, you got to have somebody to come pull you out. And I, there, I can't tell you how many times I would get, I had a little two-wheel drive. It wasn't four-wheel drive and I was just ignorant, man. I would go get in the mud and I would just try drifting and getting in it. And there were many times where I would get stuck in the mud. And no matter how much I went in reverse and went forward and turn left, turn right, rev it up, slow it down to get out, I couldn't do it by myself. I could not get out of this rut on my own. I had to call a friend to come pull me out. And I'm telling you today, you can keep spinning your wheels with religion Trying to pray harder and do more. And man, if I just keep, you know, if I just keep my nose to the grindstone, I'll be better. You can keep spinning your wheels or you can just fall in love with Jesus and let everything out of that change everything. You can do it on your own or you can lean into him. This is what the unforced rhythms of grace mean. That it's unforced. I don't come to God in the morning and pray to Him because it's on my list of to-dos. That's the most boring thing I could ever think of. 
And knowing my personality, just because it's on the to-do list, I wouldn't do it. It's because I want to. Because I know how much he loves me. And the thing is, if you don't see this love connection happening in your relationship with the Lord, you need, to, you need to ask yourself, have I really surrendered myself to him? Have I really met him face to face? Or have I inherited my grandparents' salvation? Or my parents' salvation? Or I'm thankful that our team at our church really burns for Jesus because if they didn't, I'd probably be lost because I'm vicariously living my faith through them. These are questions we have to ask ourselves. We have to remain in his love. I've loved you the way my father has loved me. We have no capacity to love him without him loving us first. It's only because God came down and was born of a virgin, wrapped in human flesh and lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again that you and I can even do this. He sent himself. To reconcile us back to him. And you may say, Connor, we're, you know, feels like we're in the end times. I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I'm watching so much news. I'm watching more news than I am reading my Bible and praying. Because I think Fox is going to have the answer. CNN or whatever outlet you choose to watch. And I'm telling you, God already sent the answer. He already sent the answer. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, I'll send a helper to you. I'll send a comforter to you. And it would be better that I go to heaven and I send him because he's going to guide you into all truth. This is what Jesus has for us, but will we walk in it? It's just like the, the verse I read when we opened up. Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach to the captive and to the lost and to the brokenhearted. God has given us that same ministry. You, in the, in the seat right there. Not anybody holding the mic. Not just them, but you. And I'll, I'll just ask this question. Do you share more news that you watch than you do the Jesus that you serve with your friends that are around you? I didn't figure I'd get very many amens on that. 1 John chapter 4, verses 17 through 21 says this, God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house, becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. So when God looks at you, he sees his son. That's what we just heard. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. And other translations say perfect love casts out fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet fully formed in love. How are we going to change the world, Connor? You're going to be what Christ has called you to be. You're not going to do, 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 get things done, figure it out. we got to strategize and all this and... Pray to God it works. No. Be who God has called you to be. We, though, are going to love and be loved. First we're loved, now we loved. He loved us first. If anyone boasts, I love God, and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, he is a liar. If he won't love the person he can't see, how can he love the God he can't see? The command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love God. 
both. From the place of receiving God's love, which is the very same love he gave Jesus, you now make it your home. Abiding in God's love. Abiding in God's love. I really got a revelation of this about a year ago. Made me a better parent. Made me a better husband. I found that if I'm really in love with Jesus, I don't have to work on my marriages hard. I don't have to look at ten principles on how to get along with your spouse. Or how to parent your kids all the time. Or, you know, who's got a podcast on that? Or who released a book about that? No, fall in love with Jesus. Be who he's called you to be. You'll love your wife. We are trying to fix problems on the outside when the root is not fixed. The heart of your spiritual life is not in rhythm with the Lord. He's putting up the, the heart rate monitor on your heart and he's like, you're, dude, you're about to go dead. Because we're not resting. He will do the work through you. Stop trying so hard. How many of y'all have ever walked outside? We have a beautiful, two beautiful apple trees in our backyard. And man, we've got more apples than you can deal with. I've just been pitching them to Lindley. She's been busting them with baseball bat. And I've never walked back there and heard my apple tree going, Come on, apples! Never one time. We, we left on sabbatical. We came back after a month. I mean, it just looks like, my goodness, man, this is Eden. This is a Garden of Eden back here. That's what it was like. And these apples, they were, just, they were just in their season. And I believe our church is in its season. I really do. We've been praying and hearing from the Lord. I, I don't think it's a coincidence. We're going into 21 days of fasting and prayer. We're doing prayer this time, no fasting. You can do fasting if you want to. Um, but man, I don't think it's a coincidence that he told me, be watchful the next 16 days. And it's actually one of our friends' due date for their baby. In 16 days from the moment God spoke to me, she was like, that's my due date. And I, I really believe God wants to do something in us if we abide in his love. Abiding in Christ is not an occasional pit stop through the journey of life, but the place we make our home. This is where I live in his love. The second command he gives us in here to walk in the rhythm of the Lord is to love one another. John 15, 11 through 15 says this. I've told you these things for a purpose, that my joy might be your joy, and your joy wholly mature. This is my command. Love one another the way I loved you. This is the very best way to love. Put your life on the line for your friends. You are my friends when you do the things I command you. I'm no longer calling you servants because servants don't understand what their master is thinking and planning. No, I've named you friends because I've let you in on everything I've heard from the Father. How reassuring it is to know that when I pray, God's just not appeasing me or looking down at me and being like, well, he prayed a good one today, a little bit better than yesterday. We think God is from West Texas. We do. We think he's a rancher, a cowboy, a really rich rancher cowboy, has a lot of cattle. We take that line of cattle on a thousand hills. We just think he's the biggest rancher in Texas. That's, that's how we think about him. He's not a good old boy from the South. He's not. We have to take this out of our mind. We have to realize that he's a benevolent father. That when you mess up, he's not going to throw it back in your face, but he's waiting for you to come back and abide in his love so he can throw that junk off of you. This is the God we serve. And we think our God is our granddad. That's how we see him. 
These are things I've had to get out of my mind. God is not like any person I've seen in the earth. His ways are way higher than my ways, and I am thankful to God. And in that thing that we talked about previously, this circle dance, this perichoresis of Father, Son, and Spirit, God hears your prayers, and you actually get a say in what happens in the earth. When you pray, things move and things change in your kids' lives, in your marriage, the way your finances are going, the trajectory of your life and the dreams you have for yourself. When you're rooted in love, your desires change to God desires. And when you pray, you're praying the will of the Father. And God hears that come up into the circle dance that he has with Father, Son, and Spirit. And he's like, yep, that's my son. And he spoke it, so it's going into command. This is why when you see Peter and Jesus in the Bible, they just walk by people and their shadow hits them and they're healed. It's not because they're doing something. It's because they're being and out of them. This fruit is just coming out. This fruit of breakthrough and life change. This is why when you really get on fire for the Lord and you really rest in his love and are abiding in it, you'll walk up to your friends. I can't tell you how many times me and Taylor have walked up to some friends and they're like, why are y'all so happy? Why are you so happy? Why are you so relaxed? Haven't you watched the news? Didn't you hear what happened? Nope. No, I didn't. Nope. I, I put my hope in a better word. The Bible says that in the end times there will be men whose hearts fail them for fear. And then there's another person in the Bible that has no fear of bad news. What camp do you want to be in? Man, I better start doomsday prepping and getting that cellar ready. My God. How long can we survive on ramen noodles? Y'all like beef and chicken? Combo? Are we just going to rest in the Lord? They died in their day for their faith. I'm fixing to be in my 30s. Jesus was knocking on death's door by 33. Most of us in here, most of us in here are probably older than 33. And we're, we're worried about, my God, what's happening? We were at a youth camp a few weeks ago, and when I look at the next generation that's surrendering, surrendering themselves to the Lord, I don't have fear of the future. I see God raising up an army. And he wants to raise up an army in this room. Don't look to the stage to see what the pastors are going to be doing. You be the army. He's calling you. He's given you the ministry of reconciliation. He told us together about the Great Commission. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Every week we have discipleship meetings with people that we're meeting with within the church. I have some friends from out of town I also meet with as well. In the breakthrough, I've led more people to the Lord this year than I have ever in my life. And we're just doing what Jesus said. Not improving upon it. Not coming up with a strategy because, man, Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. Maybe it's 2023. We got this thing under control. We're smart. No. We go back to doing what Jesus was doing. Pastor David heard a word from the Lord. He's going to do a new thing, but we're going to have to return to some old paths. And that's what we're doing. I have young men coming up to me and saying, I followed Jesus all my life. And for the first time, I've been filled with his spirit. And now I don't just go to him to hopefully forgive my sins and maybe he likes me today. No, I get in the room with him and I don't want to leave. I look at my watch and it's been an hour and a half and I've blown through 15 chapters of Acts and I want to go out and preach. 
This is somebody that works in the marketplace. Not a pastor, not somebody going to seminary. No, just, just disciples, just fishermen, just tax collectors, just people God's calling. The third thing we're called to do to remain in the rhythm of the Lord is to bear fruit. To bear fruit. John 15, 16 through 17 says this. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit. Fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears whatever you ask the Father in relation to me, he gives you. But remember the root command. Love one another. I'm going to read that one more time because we got to understand. You didn't choose me. Remember, I chose you and put you in the world to bear fruit, fruit that won't spoil. As fruit bears, whatever you ask, the Father in relation to me gives you. But remember the root command, love one another. You can't force fruit. You can only bear it. Just like I said earlier, we're not human doings. We're human beings. When we behold God and see who he really is, we will know we belong with him. And then from the place of belonging will be what he has called us to be. In this passage of scripture, he calls us to be a fruit bearer, remaining in his love, understanding I'm beloved. In this gospel, the gospel of John, his name was John the Beloved. That was not a name given to him by Jesus or somebody else. That was a name he gave himself. I am one that's beloved by God. Now that I know that, why wouldn't I give my life to him? Not that he died for everybody else, but he died for me. He saw where I was at. He saw the kid that went through all the junk. He saw the person that went through all the difficulties. He's speaking to you. Right where you're at in that seat today, God wants to minister straight to you. He sees your struggle. He sees the health difficulty. He sees the financial crisis you may be in that nobody else sees. He knows the secrets about your kids that you're praying to God don't get out. And he's saying, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and let me give you rest. Not let me give you a set of tasks to do so you can get it right. Maybe you won't screw it up this time. No, so you can rest. In the arms of the Father is where we find our rest. If you see him as a God that's far off, you're going to remain away from him. Not because he doesn't want to be with you, but because your perspective must change. We must have the revelation that God wants us to be in pros, face to face with him. When the veil was ripped, that gave me license to walk boldly into the throne room of faith no matter the struggles I'm going through, no matter if I keep falling into the same trap of sin, well, I keep doing this same thing and I can't get out of it. And I've prayed and I've prayed. It's been four or five years and I don't know what I'm going to do. He probably doesn't even love me anymore. Nope. Nope. Wrong. Throw that out. Come to me. He didn't say come to me, all of you who've got it together, wearing the right clothes, talking the right language. Read your Bible plan this week. Nope, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Until you yoke up with him, have fun walking in dysfunction, because not, you're not going to come out of it. you got to yoke up with the Father. 
I want to show you what it looks like to bear fruit. If you guys will play that video. All it takes is time in the presence of the king. You know, grapes, this, uh, this was a farm I was doing some study on uh, from California. And the way that grapes grow, you know, the Bible says, as we just read, I am the vine, you are the branches. That all of our life and our sustenance comes from God. And if we're joined up to anything else, if we're a part of something else, he's a vine dresser. He casts those things into the fire. And God wants you to join up with him today. As you saw on this video, over a sequence of time, these grapes come to full maturity and they're beautiful and they do what they're intended to do. I want to read you something about how these grow. In early spring, tiny buds on the vine start to swell and green leaves appear. Appearance of the first green leaves through the bud scales is called the bud break. Growth is slow at first, but as the mean temperature rises in its ecosystem, rises growth and shoot elongation accelerate. After three to four weeks, about 21 days, the period of most rapid growth begins where shoots can grow an average of an inch or more a day. As the day warms up, flowers bloom, then shatter to make way for the tiny green grapes that will eventually ripen into clusters. The size of the grapes increases rapidly. Sunlight and warm temperatures are vital to the physiological functions of the grapevine such as photosynthesis. This point in the growing season when ripening grapes begin to soften is called verizon. During ripening, colored varieties gradually change color from green to either red, black, while green varieties become translucent. Sugars start to accumulate in the berries. The interval from verizon to harvest is different for each variety. Unlike many fresh fruits, grapes are harvested fully ripe. After they're picked, they do not become sweeter, so timing is everything. I believe that our church, corporately and us individually, are in a season of growth. Not growth in a way you might think where we have to do a bunch of things and wait for a desired result. But we step in to being joined with the Lord and abiding in Him. And He, he does everything out of us because we are being who He's called us to be. That the next 21 days, if you join yourself to him in prayer, it could be just like this moment in the grapes life. That when they, they get into the season, rapid growth happens. 
rapid growth more than it ever has before and then it breaks the surface and exposes itself to the sun it exposes itself to that and at that moment it begins going into its final season I'm believing right now and I believe for you in this room that if you join yourself to him throughout these 21 days he can do something in you that eye has not seen and ear has not heard that has not entered into the heart of man I'm so thankful that he does exceedingly abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. He wants to do something in you you can't even see yet. It's happening under the surface. That throughout these 21 days before you break forth or whatever breaks forth in your life, God wants to produce something in you. But it will only happen if you join yourself to him. If you remain in his love, out of that remaining in his love, love your neighbor And then out of that, bear fruit. He wants to do this in our lives today. This is not something to wait for. It's not something that hopefully we make the call again because you're just not feeling it today. God wants to do this in you this morning right now. And if you'll avail yourself to it, it'll change your life forever. So let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you, God, for your love that you've called us to abide in, that you have called us to walk in and live in and have our being in. We receive your love this morning. Just as John the Beloved calls himself that, I call myself Connor the Beloved this morning. I pray that each person in this room would begin calling themselves Beloved of the King. That he sent Jesus. God wrapped himself up in human flesh lived a perfect life, died on the tree, cursed by the very people that he came to save and still died for them. Rose again on the third day, then gave us the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Touch every heart in the room. If you're one that says throughout this next 21 days, I want to abide in his love. I want to find myself in the rest that you're talking about Connor I'm tired of striving I'm trying to do tired of trying to do it in my own effort and I want to abide in him I just want you to lift your hand right now I just want you to shoot it up in there I just want you to shoot it up in there I see hands all over the room I want everybody to just stand with us this morning if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life functioning and moving in your day today you need to call upon him this morning you need to allow him to baptize you he's the helper he's the counselor he's the one that helps us discern between what is the voice of God and what is not in the book that I just wrote I talk about this some rest in his love stop trying to do stuff on God's behalf. Let him fill you and then be what he's called you to be and all the stuff you were doing will be taken care of, I promise you. I've been more productive this year by remaining in his love and being who he's called me to be than I ever have in my whole life because I'm resting in him. I'm resting in him. Let's pray this prayer together. 
Let me pray over you this morning. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. I pray that you baptize them in your love this morning. Let them rest in your love. You love us with the same love that you love Jesus with. That when you see us, you see us not only as sons and the bride of Christ, but you see us as co-heirs with Christ. That we are seated in heavenly places. That we are far above this earth. That we have power over all principalities and powers in the earth. That you've given us divine thinking that you have given us heavenly thinking that we don't have to be stuck within the confines of where we're living or what we are subject to but you've given us power to speak to the storm and watch it stop in Jesus mighty name we thank you Lord we thank you Lord for your presence come on can you just lift your hands to heaven I'm going to close us in this song I just want you to worship the king this morning oh we thank you Jesus that in the presence of Jehovah, He's a God Almighty. He's the Prince of Peace. In Father, we thank you for your love. Come on, just begin to speak to him in your own words. I'm not even going to pray. You just talk to him. place of confident rest this morning know that you've worked everything out before the foundations of the earth your ways were established and God we don't fret we don't worry but we rest like you in the bottom of the boat the storms around us are raging but we know with one word you can stop it all and we believe in that word you speak a better word over us you speak a better word this morning you've given us life and life more abundant not just for the days to come, one day in heaven, but here and now. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today. We pray that God used today's podcast to draw you closer to him. You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media. Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church Podcast.